This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, February 16th, 2024 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Animal House, I'm Sarah Lane. Somewhere in the county, I'm Patrick Norton. (laughs) Drawing the top tech stories in Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. I almost said 2023 for the first time. Like I had to catch myself. It was written right and everything. I just, you know, it was one of those. I mean, it's okay. only February. Yeah. yeah. It's, you, got, you got another Sometimes month. these things it, happen. Yeah, it took till February for that to happen. Also, you're in the county? You're not in the city of St. Louis? Patrick? I'm at a secret location. Wow. It is not my home. Fancy out in the county. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, it is not on a private road, Tom. It is not that fancy. Not that it is fancy. not that yeah. fancy right. part of the county. Got it. Got it. Still, still. People crazy. in St. Louis are laughing really hard right now, and everybody else is going, huh. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Uh, Epic has received its Apple developer account in the EU and will begin working on making an Epic game store for iOS there. They say they should have it done by the end of the year. And now the rest of the quick hits. On Wednesday's show, Scott Johnson shared his thoughts on the future of Xbox ahead of Microsoft's official announcement. Thursday, right before DTNS recorded, Microsoft did announce four Xbox exclusive games will come to non-Xbox platforms. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer ruled out Starfield and Indiana Jones, however, and said all four titles are more than a year old. Spencer also said Microsoft is still working on a next console, including different kinds of hardware, which goes along with hints that Spencer has been dropping about the possibility of a handheld. And Microsoft also announced Game Pass now has 34 million subscribers. That's up 36% since the last time it released numbers two years ago. When Jake Moffat booked a flight from Vancouver to Toronto in 2022 to go to his grandmother's funeral, he asked Air Canada's chatbot if there were bereavement fares, discounts for people flying to funerals. The chatbot said yes, indeed, Air Canada offered reduced bereavement fares, and he could even get a refund if he had already booked a flight with a full fare, as long as he told Air Canada about it within 90 days of his travel. And then it linked to the bereavement policy. Now, Moffat didn't click that link, which led to a page that would have told him that Air Canada did not offer bereavement fares for completed travel. Moffat, however, said, hey, the chatbot told me it did, took a screenshot, sent it to Air Canada. Air Canada wouldn't give him the money, so he sued for deception. And Air Canada tried to argue that the chatbot was, and I quote, a separate legal entity that is responsible for its own actions. (laughs) <laughs> Can't blame him for trying. Uh, the Classic. civil the civil resolution tribunal of Canada did not buy that argument. Said no, it's your chatbot. It's on your website. You're responsible for it, uh, and ordered Air Canada to pay him off at eight hundred twelve dollars, which was the difference between what he paid and the reduced bereavement fare. Uh, thanks to Reed Fischler for tipping me off to this story. Search lab users in the U.S. can try something called Talk to a Live Representative in the Google app for iOS and Android and desktop Chrome. So when you search for a customer service number, you might see request for call as a button that you could click. If you click it, Google will ask a few questions about what you're calling about, what's your number, then it will call the customer support line for you, navigate some phone trees, then text you as it makes progress. And when you're off hold, it will call you so that you can talk to that live representative. Supported businesses include airlines, phone companies, retail, insurance, and various services like shipping companies, waste management, Zelle, and Instacart. 
That's cool. I like that. That's like a step up from the like, we'll call you back in your place in line because you don't even have yeah. to call and get in line. Uh, the US FBI reports it has taken down a botnet that had infected Ubiquity's Edge OS routers with the Mood, <laughs> Mubot uh, malware used for spear phishing and credential stuffing attacks. The small office and home office users of the routers were not the targets, so it didn't compromise their information. It just used their routers to launch attacks on government, military, and security organizations. With court approval, FBI agents remotely accessed the infected routers and used Mubot to delete stolen and malicious data, and then deleted Mubot and blocked remote access. The actions did not disrupt the router's legitimate functionality or access user data. Uh, this is, of course, part of the cat and mouse game between criminals and law enforcement. Uh, you take one botnet down, another one's going to pop up somewhere, right? In an attempt to break that cycle, Google announced an AI cyber defense initiative ahead of the Munich Security Conference starting now, Friday. Bloomberg sources say that Apple has ramped up development of an AI-powered code completion tool that's similar to Microsoft's GitHub Copilot, expanding internal testing of a new generative AI feature set for its Xcode programming software. Apple reportedly plans to release them to third-party developers this year. And similarly to Microsoft's GitHub Copilot, the programming tool Apple is working on applies a large language model to predict and then complete strings of code and potentially even write code to test apps. Ooh, the drumbeat continues of, of Apple's uh, AI plans. Well, Bose is selling some new earbuds that you might have seen in a headline or two or a picture here and there. Uh, they're turning heads because they sit outside of the ear canal instead of trying to be in your ear like most earbuds. Uh, that means they don't have noise canceling, something people always think of with Bose, but some people want always to be able to hear their surroundings but also hear their music at a reasonable volume. If you just set your AirPods outside your ear, the volume's not going to be good enough. So these are designed to, to be able to let you hear the world around you, but also have volume so that you can understand what your audio is saying to you. The Bose Ultra Open Earbuds do that. They're also lightweight, so they're better for somebody who needs to wear earbuds for a long time. Uh, you can wear them for four, five, six hours. Bose products, however, can be divisive. And I've noticed these being praised by some of the usual skeptics out there. Uh, Patrick, Bose took its open audio framework from its ill-fated Bose frames and put it in the earbuds and then tried to make them look kind of like jewelry. Uh, how does this form factor work for you? Okay, so I have not had a chance to try them myself, but folks who have say they're actually really comfortable once you figure out how to strap them to your ears because they kind of clip on like giant earrings. Um, like most open earbuds, there's not a lot of bass, so if you need bass in your life, open earbuds are probably not a thing for you. Um, the design on these is particularly novel, especially compared to the other offerings out there. Um, the idea of open earbuds is not really new just maybe more new to, to, to Bose, um, you know, open earbuds are a thing, especially for runners, um, outdoorsy folks, Sony, Shocks, J-Labs, Clear, Soundcore, One More, and many, many others are all in this space. Um, these are getting a lot of attention because they're a Bose product. Therefore, they must be super and amazing, or they are horrendous trash. And as Tom pointed out earlier, there's a lot of people who just immediately hear Bose and have a reaction one way or the other. Well, so. so the audio that auto adjusts, I know, is something that Bose is touting here. So if you're in, I don't know, a place that's really loud, but, you know, a, a lively coffee shop, for example, versus a <laughs> library, it's supposed to adjust the audio accordingly. I mean, 
my AirPods do that with adaptive, you know, sound uh, to to a point, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I have I have some options here, but are these supposed to work better? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because one of the things Bose is touting, uh, another thing Bose is touting, I should say, is like the immersive audio, and people are like, eh, it's a little bigger. Personally, I'd rather have pure audio. It's, you know, the audio is definitely going to adjust, but they're not going to be loud enough to deal with a really cranky commuter bus. You know, I can think of a, a particular bus that I used to take in and out of Oakland uh, or super loud city streets. Um, mostly, I think these are for people who want to, you know, hear a car before they get run over or the baby fussing in the next room and find, you know, there's a lot of earbuds that will allow you to hear things from outside. But, you know, a lot of that sort of like hear the outside world setting on your earbuds takes it from a microphone, amplifies it in a weird way, and then stuffs it in on top of your music in a way that I personally find awful and distracting and not a very good listen to the outside um so i think that's why open earbuds are so popular with so many people because it's it's a more natural layering of audio if you can call having little ears strapped or little speakers strapped to your ears sounding natural but honestly it can be really cool if you're into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and obviously these things aren't going to have the bass that you would have with in-ear earbuds. Uh, I, as I mentioned, no noise canceling. Uh, also, they don't give you a wireless charging case. Uh, you have to buy that separately. But they are more stable uh, and more comfortable for long-term wear. So, so Patrick, uh, are they worth the $299 price? To me, not so much. <laughs> to open ear folks who are looking for the bestest in comfort, maybe. Uh, that's one of the things that pretty much all the reviews have have called out, that these are much more comfortable than they expected. Um, you know, $299 is a lot of money for, you know, for most people for earbuds or for open earbuds. Um you know, there are a lot of options out there. You know, people who are Bose enthusiasts, people who really like the comfort factor, they're going to be all over these. Otherwise, I think they sound very expensive for what they are compared yeah, to Yeah, I think the comfort part of this is 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 the real selling point. I, mm -hmm. I have, you know, I'm wearing over-the-ear headphones for our show because that's just what feels comfortable for me yeah. doing the show. When I'm out and about... I sometimes use my noise canceling option on my AirPods, but often, especially if I'm walking around, you know, yes, in traffic, especially at night, I want to hear the world around me. So pass through is really important, but I still, uh, you know, if somebody were to come up to me and ask a question, I still instinctively pull one of them out of my sure. ear because I'm trying to hear as best as possible. This feels like maybe, maybe it's a natural middle ground. Yeah, I mean, also, I think pulling the pulling the earbud out is a sign of respect. Like, just because I can hear you, it's just you know, when somebody's talking to me with their ear, you know, their headphones on or their earbuds in. Um, I mean, you know, one, I'm gonna say something that's gonna make certain people in the audience laugh really hard. Um, you know, my son has finally figured out. My oldest son has finally figured out he doesn't have to talk real loud just because he's wearing headphones. Um, and <laughs> then, sort of, the next step is him was him realizing also that if you pull the headphone off and look at someone they understand that you're paying attention to them uh and i i think that's just a sign of respect um you know i, I also pull, i don't pull my earring out these these are like earrings right keep telling well, your yourself. earring isn't in your you know ear canal <laughs> good point your earring isn't singing this isn't down. Down. Ear canal either it's just hanging outside of it. yeah well that yeah. that's the point i'm making about the in-ear earbuds even if you can hear the world around you pretty well I yeah. think you know uh, a lot of us still kind of go like, nah, let me let me let me hear even yeah. better. 
Uh, but I think that's polite too, and also I think it also hears better because I I find the pass through audio sort of like it just I I find it, even on some high end devices I find it really meh at best. I also will flat out say that for example I will not ride in the city or almost anywhere period with earbuds in that the idea of 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 you know it just it terrifies me not being able to hear the you know the world around me uh, i don't even like snowboarding with earbuds in so that may be one of my peculiarities but the open ear devices to me are much more natural in the way that they actually uh you know let you hear real sounds not process sounds coming through you know the the dsp and the amplifiers inside your tiny little earbuds well, on Thursday's show, we told you about OpenAI announcing a new text-to-video research project called Sora, only for now available to certain creators and security experts who are red teaming it for safety vulnerabilities, basically trying to make it do bad things so that they can say, hey, company, fix this before <laughs> the general public gets access. Good Sora plan. uses a version of the diffusion model used by Dolly in GPT-4, generates a video by starting off with one that is more or less just a bunch of static transforms it to make a finished product, which is uh, surprising and delighting many people out there and also terrifying others. It can reportedly produce up to 60 second video clips. People with access are having a real fun time sharing examples online. I'm having a fun time watching these examples with mostly incredible videos. Some examples though, of it not working exactly perfectly. You know, you've got you've got the same old, hey, people's hands look weird, or hey, those those people, you know, walking down that path in Kyoto would have run into the fence eventually, but the video cut off. Little things like that. OpenAI researchers posted a Sora technical paper on Thursday evening titled Video Generation Models as World Simulators, noting that Sora can generate videos of an arbitrary resolution and aspect ratio up to 1080p and perform a range of image and video editing tasks, looping videos, for example, changing the background in a video that already exists. Sora can also simulate digital worlds. This one's interesting. For example, a prompt containing the word Minecraft had Sora render a pretty convincing-looking Minecraft-like HUD and game. Yeah, I feel like these are are very clearly going to have pretty close to the same evaluation as we've had of all these other tools like ChatGPT, which is very <clears> impressive <throat> uh, when you first see them. Probably not as scary as some people are worried they will be, and then uh, useful for for specific things like if you're a video game developer and you want to create a, a Minecraft like uh, world, this can speed that up for you for sure there might be some editing i could see some descript like stuff where, where descript does for audio uh that this could do for video uh, overall uh the only thing i'm really disappointed about is the fact that OpenAI is releasing this and telling us about it but keeping it the most restricted of any of its products that it has talked about publicly so far which is the opposite direction that that google has been going with OpenAI is making it more restricted every time they talk about something. Google is making their products more open every time they talk about something. Uh, remember, Google had lots of stuff that they just didn't tell the public about for a long time or only put in academic settings. And now right. you're seeing Gemini 1.5 is uh, available for enterprise widely, et cetera, et cetera. So it's interesting to see OpenAI close up as uh, <laughs> Google starts to open up. And they're, they're starting to meet it's in the middle now. 
Is is that part of a reaction to to what happened with OpenAI being released and all the weird things? Sure, people yeah, did that, with that's it. why and Google then, opened up for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I saw a bunch of these videos earlier today. A friend of mine sent them to me, and it was interesting watching people argue about how these look very similar to other videos, and you know that the learning pool is very small. Um, but the thing that kind of blew my mind was I was watching some of these, and they're so realistic. Um, and the this acts perfect if you're watching the video stream right now. I was laughing because the truck looks good and the background looks good, but the dirt coming off the tires is completely wrong, having spent hundreds of hours following, you know, desert vehicles spraying dust like that. But the crocheted helmet that, you know, people watching on the video saw at the beginning of this segment looked fantastically <laughs> real along with the face of the yarn astronaut person uh, that was wearing it. And it's it's it it is really odd what ai doesn't do well the waves look pretty good crashing on the beach the dust coming off the tires not so much and and part of me is like what is it with the fingers <laughs> why are they so hard to render <laughs> yeah there there are other examples of you know somebody takes a bite out of a burger but then the burger doesn't have the bite marks yeah. afterwards you know little kind of physics stuff that if you're not paying super close attention, maybe you could be fooled. And I think that's what scares everybody is, we're going to be fooled. Well, okay, so there there are several things that people are worried about. Creative These folks things say, are awful, and also they're so good, they'll fool all of us. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like you've got you've got the very warranted uh, fear from people saying, oh, gosh, this is my job. What's, you know, what's my job going to look like in another year? You know, this is all happening so fast. And then you've got the folks saying, like, yeah, we're going to, you know – it, it, there's there was a Bloomberg uh, article that made the rounds today of you know we're we're in a an election year and you know when when we, it starts to get to you know August September are we going to have some um, Sora generated videos that are going to fool people that um, that circulate online I mean the answer is yes they will uh, and so it kind of turns into this is awesome it's amazing. And it's scary because we don't know what it's going to do yet. I mean, I, 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 and by the way, like none of the videos that I've even seen are, are a full minute. But even if they are 60 seconds long, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, where do they go? Where do they go to so that they um, fool me and terrify me? I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know how this is super bad. It's just that I think it's, it's, it works so well that people instinctively want to be afraid. I don't know if Parmi Olsen is being paid by Google or not, but he should be uh, because what he's doing is saying, oh, OpenAI gave us no timeline on when they're going to release this to actual people, but I'm still worried, uh, which is going to push OpenAI to keep things even more restricted, which is exactly what Google should want, is OpenAI to not release its stuff uh, as widely as it used to because that's how ChatGPT got so popular is they just put it out there in the world. So it's, it's interesting to watch all of that take place. Uh, another thing that's interesting to watch, at least I hope for you, is Tom's Top 5 on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Daily Tech News Show. I break down five things you need to know about technology. These are quick, 60 seconds, and I will tell you about the top five home computers that had a second chance at success as video game consoles. Top five home computers given a second life as video game consoles. Watch it right now at Daily Tech News Show on TikTok, DTNS Picks on Instagram, or youtube.com slash Daily Tech News Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Headlines Edition. For more of Daily Tech News Show, including full discussions and other content, visit dailytechnewsshow.com. 
Frogpants.com. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at Frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>